Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Today we're discussing the Vikings have a new coach and they welcomed him this Thursday. Yay! We'll go on from there and then we hit the tight end group. It'll be fun. Catch you in a couple minutes. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, home of news and commentary for your Minnesota Vikings. Hey everybody, it's Dave again, Darren over there. We welcome you to another Saturday's Two Old Bloggers. Darren, how are things in the great white frozen north? Minus 28 Celsius today. Okay, not too bad. Not hung over today though, Dave. No basketball last night, no after hours drinks. So I am of clear mind and clear conscience. To get the show on the road. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a good thing, but we'll work with it. <laughs> All right. You wanted to start talking about first thing that comes to mind is not this guy. That'll be later <laughs> in the show. Luke Stalker uh, is definitely not our new head coach, but anyway. No. But we did want to walk, welcome our new head coach. Here we have him at the signing. Um, with the Wilfs, Kevin O'Connell. What did you think of Thursday and all the hoopla that went along with the the welcoming, you know, the catching? We saw the images getting off the private jet, him and his family, and then the next day when he shows up in his plaid suit and all that stuff. Yeah, really, I thought there, there's a there's a saying on game of thrones it's quite famous like the the books too like uh, mm-hmm. words are words are wind i think is the the saying okay. basically the saying goes all well, you know anybody can say anything uh but it doesn't mean it mean a whole lot until something happens but i for an introductory um press conference i was extremely impressed with kevin o'connell uh with really what i heard you know he 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 almost uh, the reporter the questions he got from reporters named almost every guy by you know said their name uh he never stumbled once on any of his answers when he got the question he was very like immediately responded with a very thoughtful concise answer uh i i don't people don't know this but uh i my profession is i communicate to 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 the to people and so uh i watch kind of the things that people do and how they present themselves how they speak publicly i know that maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot of maybe people don't think that means a whole hell of a lot or a hill of beans when it comes to coaching a football team but to me kevin o'connell hit all the the right you know hit all the right notes uh he was showed himself to be extremely well spoken articulate had an answer for everything and an answer that made sense 
yeah, if you're looking to get at these introductory conferences, if you're looking to get into like specifics about what the guy's going to do, like, you know, they're not telling you that stuff because right. why would they, you know, they, they don't want to give opponents uh, any idea of what the, the nitty gritty about what they're doing. They're going to give you broad strokes and O'Connell did that, but I think he did it in a, you know, in a very, uh, in a way that really showed a clear break from the Zimmer uh, era. And that's what a lot of fans want. And I think that's what, that's what the, the Wilfs and Quasi Adolfo Mensa saw in this guy. They saw a young guy with a lot of energy. Kevin O'Connell brought off a lot of energy. He said, I'm going to give you everything I got from day one. And uh, so I was re- extremely impressed and, you know, some of the, the, the re- real themes that other people who watched the introductory conference uh, press conference would have picked up, I'm sure you did too. Mm-hmm. Really, the two big themes were culture, 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 culture. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably that, that was the theme. Culture, theme. There's going to be a new culture. There was like yeah. 14 different C words that he used. Yes. Yeah. And c- connection was another one. Mm-hmm. He said, yes. uh, you know, he said uh, – I will not hire a coach who cannot connect with players. That was one of his quotes that really stood out to me. Uh, and he talked about players have to, I want to, players have got to know we care about them. A uh, mm-hmm. bit of a slap in the face to the previous administration, I would say. Uh, <laughs> and that's okay because we know a lot of players did not like what was going down anymore with Zimmer and right. Spielman. And we've moved away from that. And that's what, you and I wanted to see. That's what a lot of people who are listening to the show want to see. And thanks to everybody who's tuned in so far. Uh, so you know, I liked what I, what I heard from O'Connell. I don't know about you. Well, I did too. Um, he said a lot of the right things. It was a lot of the corporate new ageism speak. I can deal with that if it's, if it's backed up, we have yet to see, I know everybody is in love. The, you know, high on the purple haze. It all sounds great and wonderful. I just uh, beg of you to slow your roll a little bit until we start seeing on-field uh, progress. Now, do I think we will see that? Yes, I do. And you talk about how he communicates with players. The Vikings put out their own video showing him on his phone, FaceTiming uh, Justin Jefferson and you saw Justin Jefferson with a big old smile on his face. And then you saw um, Kevin with a big old smile on his face. And why wouldn't he? You got the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, you know, coming from the second best wide receiver in the league, I, I think it'd be wonderful. Um, where is KOC from originally? I'm trying to remember. He's from Cal. Well, you mean California. where he was- where, where he, he grew, grew up, up in like he's San from California. Diego, Long Beach. Okay. He's from California. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think. Drew Bunting, keep back towards average. It's Steve <laughs> PFF says. Drew, I hope it's a lot better than average. You and me both. He, yeah. Oh, it, it, it's near Drew. There we go. I drove through there once when I was in. I should say through Carlsbad, but on the freeway, I think. <laughs> I saw the signs of <laughs> but uh i it's it's it, it right now what's good because uh, we know zimmer and spielman apparently didn't talk for months at the end of it i and, know uh, and you, it seems and you like saw a weird the press divorce conference. where yeah. you know the parents aren't speaking to each other and the kids being the players are like what the hell's going on 
I don't know if people noticed in the press conference, but uh, it's pretty clear that Kwesi and O'Connell, at least right now, are on the same page. Uh, when I don't know if people noticed it, but at the beginning when O'Connell was introduced, you know, they shook hands, and O'Connell then patted Kwesi on the back and could hear under the microphone, thank you, buddy. Uh-huh. Uh, you don't often hear uh, a head coach say "buddy" to the general manager. You know, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's maybe a little bit too close for comfort. But it looks like these guys get along. They'll be able to work together. There's going to be challenges that they'll have to overcome in the thick of a very uh, you know a season that NFL seasons that have ups and downs and pressure points and, and highs and lows. But uh, I like the fact that these guys are talking to each other and they seem aligned on things. And um, and and. Uh, we know uh, Mike Florio did not like the hiring of Kevin O'Connell. He was a well, Harbaugh guy. He was guy. disappointed. I, yeah, I, don't, I don't know yeah. that he doesn't like he it. Called he it, was... he called it. He called it boring, and I think cookie cutter was another yes, uh, few it was he put uh-huh. in there. And, hey, you know, it would have been great. Harbaugh would have been up there. He would have been going nuts. He would have been probably throwing fucking footballs to the, to the reporters and stuff like that and all this sort of thing. And O'Connell has a different vibe, but I think it's a good vibe. And he said some, uh, you know, particularly on the, I thought, the defensive side of the ball on things. Uh, we'll probably talk into it. But he uh, interesting that he, he talked about Ed Donatel, bring him in, and that Ed Donatel, he liked Donatel because he coaches a scheme that's tough to play against. And, right. and, and, and he talked about, we got to take, take away the ball. He talked a lot about turnovers, all teams do, but th- that's going to be one of the focuses. He talked about defense. He needs guys flying around. They got to play hard all the time, basic stuff, but stuff that maybe we haven't seen Zimmer's defenses do as much as we would have liked the past two years. And I really think on the run defensive side of the thing, a lot of it often comes down to attitude and hustle and uh, and hopefully those those small things will fix a run defense that has been just terrible the past two years. Um, and he, it was interesting the players he mentioned. I thought too. I don't know if you want to read too much into this, but no, he right mentioned ahead. Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith. He mentioned you know there's a guy that we aren't too sure if he's going to be back next year. Although his right. contract is. Uh, might you know? I don't know. It, it, and then Anthony Barr. He mentioned. I know, uh, you know that was uh, the big surprise. Was mentioning Anthony Barr, and everybody's like, "Wait a minute, he's supposed to be a free agent. Are you going to give him an extension?" Yeah, yeah. you know, to try to are res- they are they right? Are they have they already talked about Barr coming back because they're going to the three four? Even though, like Kevin O'Connell said, well, you know, people are only in are not are in are in nickel eighty one percent of the time anyway, right. so you're not going to be in base much no matter where you are and it's probably going to be a 4-3 with a fifth defensive back most of the time but one of the two linebackers the past with Zimmer has always been Barr and Kendricks when they've been healthy right so yeah is Barr coming back and at what price and we thought he was a goner didn't mention Daniil Hunter that was surprising he didn't mention any of the defensive linemen. He just said, we have guys on the interior and the exterior who I like, but didn't mention Hunter. And of course, that's one of, that's the, the second biggest roster question that the Vikings have besides Kirk Cousins. And of course, there were some interesting things that O'Connell said about Cousins. Uh, I know that, again, what do you read into it? Uh, what was his exact quote here? I wrote it down. Anticipating Kirk being a part of what we do, so everybody's that was kind of run off. One and, of the things he said about Kirk, yeah, yeah, but that, that was, and you know, he said about we gotta, we're, we're going to look at building an offense around him. But anticipating. 
Kirk being a part of what we do is much different than saying Kirk Cousins is our quarterback in 2022. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you're starting, if we're all getting hot and bothered about Cousins being back next year at 45 million, uh, I would say let's just wait a little bit on that one Uh, because uh, like O'Connell said, well, he's, when he got asked, well, he's under contract. Uh, I think I remember Spielman using those kind of words for several other Viking players who then Mm -hmm. were quickly shipped out of town. So, well, and there was also the other, portion of his comments about we want a quarterback with a calm mind and yeah quiet mind yeah yes and the there was a few things said there on how you could take that Kirk didn't have that he wants to coach into Kirk now and although everything that he said about Kirk if you're a, a Kirkistani you said, I see, he's staying. It's great. He's going to do all this wonderful stuff for Kirk and all this is going to happen. And if you're not into Kirk and thinking that most likely he'll be gone, you're saying, see, he said all those things. It's all this. And it's it's just whichever side of you know the dividing line you're viewing this from, it seems like he's promoting it, which is the perfect politician type thing to say if you're the head coach. He's not giving out too much information. He's not doing things. He's being smart and cagey about that. The uh, Not pissing off Kirk. Not pissing right, off Kirk. Exactly. Pumping up his trade value, perhaps, because you're talking about, you know, elite mm-hmm. thrower, very accurate, all of those nice things. Yeah, and that, we you know, know comp- compare the NFL's mouthpieces like Schefter and um, a whole bunch of others have been promoting, yeah, Vikings are going to keep Kirk Cousins. It's going to go well, blah, 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 almost to the point where everybody's saying, we're seeing it every day. You know they're going to trade him. But you don't know that. He, They may be genuine. They may – we won't know. We'll find out in the next month or so exactly what's going to happen so, I don't know. But I thought it was very good. Now, talking to a few of my beat writer buddies, one thing I liked about what Kevin did is Kevin took those writers off to the side after the press conference and talked to them individually. There was, there was a group, but he talked to them individually and answered their questions off record and every last Mm -hmm. one of them has said they've told us he's told us more than we can report because it was off record because our beat writers have ethics and they actually honor that and that's those conversations are going to be interesting you know and mike zimmer did that he you know he brought the writers in at the beginning and he taught them a whole bunch of stuff at the beginning, yeah, film. And, they watch film. Here's what we're. Yeah. Here's what we do. Here's what it means. You know, he's trying to build a relationship and also uh, uh, maybe preempt stupid questions at press conferences, which didn't actually work. <laughs> Especially at the end, where right. Zimmer thought every question was a stupid one. Uh, <laughs> but, but but yeah, um, you know. Uh, but yeah, that. That's, but he's uh, off but to that's a good a start. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I was a bang on start. I don't think he could have 
done any better than he did at the press conference. And and really, uh, uh, I didn't I didn't watch the press conferences of the other head coaches who've been hired, so I can't compare O'Connell's to theirs. But I can't imagine that his uh, I can't imagine anybody did any better at their introductory press conference than O'Connell just did. Really, you know. And well, there's been some that have done worse. You remember the Jets? Uh, I'm trying to remember his name, but he was doing Adam, the whole Adam Gase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, Adam Gase. Where's the taco? Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and I don't think the Bears went real well, and there's others that haven't gone well. But he did well, didn't screw up. Good. That's a good sign. I don't want my quarterback or my head coach screwing up. Drew asked quick question. I just think that. Yeah. Um, not that we're talking about it today, Drew. We're not talking about the defense as a whole, but do we have Vikings players on the defense that can play a 3-4? Yes, we do. I will get into that more at a later date, or I can hit you offline, but yes, we do. Um, let's see. I would see. I would say we have more to, more on the defensive line end of things than on the linebacker end of things, but I think – But anyway. Well – there's not the depth at linebacker. If they keep Kendricks no. and Barr, I think that's fine. Um, you also or wondered, draft Devin Lloyd or I, uh, there's plenty. Yes, um, or Nakobe Dean. Mm-hmm. You wanted to talk about this coaching tree, and that Kevin is the latest branch on this tree. He is. It's the the Sean McVay coaching tree. It's getting to be lots of branches now, and even more so if he keeps on winning and sticks around. But uh, it doesn't seem so long ago that McVay was the 30-year-old hotshot coming into U.S. Bank Stadium in 2017 against the experienced Zimmer, and he lost that game. And uh, but it's been all upward trajectory for Sean since then, and he is. Uh, and we show this tree because we got Zach Taylor, of course. Uh, I think everybody knows who these people are. Got yeah. Staley for the Chargers and, and Guy Lafleur. Uh, I never Guy. call him Matt Lafleur. I always call him Guy Lafleur. That's Guy fine. Lafleur from, from that team from Wisconsin. The Packers, I'm okay with. Yeah, yeah. So those guys have been, uh, you know, Staley had a pretty good rookie season. Maybe uh, you know, Chargers fans would be a little disappointed with how things went at the end, but. Uh, Lafleur has won more games than I think anybody in his first three years. He edged out George Seifert on that, and and Taylor was, uh, of course, the first two years. He is fortunate that he didn't get canned, but he had a patient ownership. Uh, some people would say also a cheap ownership who didn't want to fire guy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Browns have not been known for uh, spending uh, spending a bucket a load of money, but then he gets the Bengals to the Super Bowl this year. Those are all guys that are from the McVeigh coaching tree. Pretty impressive uh, group right now, I think. And I think that and O'Connell is the fourth guy to come from that. And I feel that uh, some coaching trees don't turn out very well. We know the the Bill Belichick coaching tree, but the only one who's been really done in it well has been um, Matt, you know, Vrabel at Tennessee. Right. Everybody else has pretty much flopped, yeah. but. But the Bill Walsh coaching tree, you know, who came out right. of that? Holmgren, Dennis Green, and on, you know, um, Andy Reid. I think McVeigh might be building one of those coaching trees. And if that's the case, we uh, got to feel pretty good about the guy that we got, Kevin O'Connell, uh, as our new head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. I think it's encouraging not just what 
O'Connell said at the introductory press conference, what we've heard about him, but also the fact he's coming from a kind of uh, like a, he's, he's got, he's come from a coaching uh, tree and a, and a coaching philosophy that's proven to be successful in the NFL the past five seasons. And I've seen on the Rams board, some of their uh, frustration. They're a little pissed off calling their team coaches camp. Right, because <laughs> every time uh, McVeigh hires a new coach, a year or two later they're gone. <laughs> it's just, and they're going. Now we got to find a whole bunch of new coaches, especially since the Vikings seem to have hired half their coaching staff. Um, hey, yeah, it happens, right? If you're a successful mm-hmm. team, other teams are going to want that secret sauce, and they're going to take your assistant coaches from you. And that assistant coach, if he's the head coach, he's going to take along some of his assistants from the same staff to coach with him because right. they're young and they're uh, eager and they want to get a promotion so they can become a head coach someday. Uh, mm-hmm. So if I'm a Rams fan, I just won the Super Bowl and I don't give a shit who's gone. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to be crying because I still got Sean McVay and he seems to have a knack for for identifying uh, very good uh, coaching talent to help him. Mm-hmm. He does, and uh, you can't knock that with a stick. Aaron, you said you're back in Texas. What part of Texas, if you don't mind me asking? Since I'm take a while for Austin. Aaron to probably answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least 15 seconds on the delay. Now, from there, you wanted to talk about switching off McVeigh real quick, sort of. The 2021 rookie class. And that's rounds yes, the- one and three. And we've got lined up there. Ooh, Austin area. Looks like yeah, they're close to you, David. Mm-hmm. You guys will be having beers soon at some <laughs> microbrewery. Hey, there's Austin. plenty of them around here. I'm uh, I'm drinking one right now called Stash IPA. Right? Look at that. And, right next uh, to Nice 7.7 uh, ABV alcohol. But what is unique about this it's got a 94 IBU, which means it is very bitter. Um, more like the bitter ales that I had in England way back in the day, decades ago. And it is good. Um, and they love their beer here in Texas. And it's gone a long way since I was, you know, in high school and college. And it was Pearl, land of, you know, 10,000 springs and... Uh, some of the other uh, cheaper Texas beers. It has gotten like, literally outstanding with the craft brewers around here. It's awesome. New Brunsfels, Texas. Fredericksburg. Cool. Micros everywhere. Yes. And I always say, partake. Find what you like, you know, and have fun exploring. Now, back to the rookies. Talk about the rookies. You wanted to talk about the rookies. I did uh, the 2021 Minnesota Viking rookie class. And uh, whereas we were talking about 
uh, how outstanding the microbreweries are in Texas. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about how not outstanding the output was for the 2021 Minnesota Vikings draft class. ESPN did a did an article uh, a few weeks back where they looked at uh, which teams in the NFL got the best and most output out of their draft class. And the Minnesota Vikings 2021 draft class landed a 32nd overall, which is last. Second? Yep. Uh, it did. And uh, really, and uh, the only player out of that 11 players drafted that played any significant time at all was uh, Christian Derisaw. Uh, and um, now he would have played a little bit more than he did if he hadn't got injured. He would have been starting from the get-go. But but anyway, uh, Darosaw was the only guy who saw the field basically at all. And, you know, that's just not good enough. We saw, and this has been a bit of an irritant for myself, you as well, Dave, other Viking fans I know in recent years or pretty much in recent years with, with Mike Zimmer, reluctance to play rookies. We're not even sure if he was developing them properly. Uh, and I want to see the new head coach, Kevin O'Connell. I want to see Quasi Adolfo Mensa as the new GM, as well as his his all of his front office staff. Mm-hmm. I want to see them picking, uh, selecting rookies that are uh, can contribute a bit more earlier in their in a, particularly in their first year than what we have been seeing from the Vikings. I'm wondering if there's going to be hoping there might be a change of philosophy. It seemed like under Rick Spielman that and I don't know whether he thought our roster was so stacked that this was the only way to do it, but we tended to it seemed like we picked a lot of projects, like a lot of players that yeah, uh they've got upside, but they're not ready to play right now, but in year 2 or year 3, sure. And I want. I think it's really important, especially with the Vikings having a top-heavy roster with a, a lot of veterans who right now take up a lot of cap space. You need rookies to not only provide depth, but to step in there and play significant roles for your teams at times. And last year, we, other than Darisaw, we didn't have any. And in 2021, although they, they, they played more out of necessity, it was really only Justin Jefferson that I thought really was the was the the, the rookie who made a positive impact. Gladney right. was garbage. Uh, Cleveland didn't get to play. He had some Gladney good games, but flashed. I but that was overall flashed. Yes. What? Um, and there goes my there goes my chair. As you see, I'm sitting lower. It's because the piston in my chair is about shocked, driving me crazy. Oh no! Our host is having technical problems. Yeah, furniture mechanical problems. Mechanical problems. Um, now the I think what the Vikings need really is they, I, I'd like to see them picking more. I don't know, like I don't want to say low upside guys, but maybe players a little bit more in the draft that are ready to step in and compete for for playing time, serious playing time, or starting positions from the get go. You want to draft like what the Kansas City Chiefs just had. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not – I don't think it's realistic to say, oh, we picked 11 players and eight of them are going to play significant roles. That never happens in the NFL. But last year, the Chiefs, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, instant starters, turned around their offensive line. And their other – the other guy, Nick Bolton, was their starting weak side linebacker. 
uh, and he was off the field a lot on passing downs, but he was a starter, made an impact. That's three rookies on rookie contracts making not very much coin that are starting for your team and making an impact instead of veterans who might be okay and are eating up like eight to $10 million a year. Right. Uh, and I want to see, I want to see this guy that we have on the screen, Quesse, do that, be able to draft those guys that make impact straight from the get go. And then be able to get the whole money thing um, in order. Oh, there was sort of a, uh, a tweet I responded to last night, and then those that follow me saw my response, where a guy said, ah, pfft, you know, giving Kirk Cousins an extension is no big deal. We pay about – there's no significant difference between what we paid in 2017 versus last year or next year. And I ran the numbers, and both for the defense, both for the O-line, both for the quarterbacks, offense, defense, what the percentages were. And I had a little disagreement as to what significant meant. Um, if he, if Quasi can get all those numbers in and work them in to where you're not overspending on a top-heavy roster, but you're building and you're using getting picks that are effective and then filling out with uh, – you know, good depth on it and keeping everything within range, this team can go a long way with that. And it doesn't have to be lopsided like it was last year. And looks like it may be this year, but we have yet to see. So you're right. If you can find three rookies that play straight off the get-go, you're golden. And especially if you find that one QB that's on that rookie contract that can actually play and produce. Yeah, it, it's just a you know, talk about rookie rookies being cheap labor for you, but if uh, if they're if it's taking you into their third or fourth season for you to play them, then you've kind of wasted uh, uh-huh. a lot of the advantage, a lot of advantage of having them on the cheap rookie rookie years. Because by the time you, they do get significant playing time, they're up for their extension, and you've lost out on two or three years of those. Um, and and some rookies aren't ready to play, right? The, the, we, right. we all know that, mm-hmm. and and you don't want to rush them in there. But I just feel it, it feels like the previous with Zimmer and Spielman, and maybe it was more Zimmer because he's the one in charge of who's playing and who's not, but there was just a great reluctance to play younger players. Veterans always got the benefit of the doubt, and uh, no matter how they played, and um, again, we, and we really were, you know, Wyatt Davis, uh, with that, he's a guy that's been mentioned a bunch of times. Now, we, we talked about him last week, and there was, uh, you know, the, the weight issues and all that sort of thing, uh, but uh why Davis wasn't the only guy last year who probably didn't get a fair shake and should have Cameron Bynum's one guy that comes to mind. Uh, Patrick Jones is probably another, uh, even Kellen Mond. Well, I don't know mm-hmm. what the hell they did with him last year. We, and we've talked about that. Before. I think they I'm not sure he got coached closet. at all. Yeah. 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 Now, I, and what good does that do? Supposedly he did. Supposedly both backups, Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond got, Video reps where they put on the 3D glasses because they were filming during the day. Uh, <laughs> Video uh, reps. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm serious. It was a heart attack. They started this when uh, Bridgewater was there. Virtual reality. Well, and that was 
Literally, they started it when Bridgewater was there, where they they placed cameras oh, all along the field. Here comes Aaron practice. Donald. Here comes They're Aaron Donald. They're in the practice field, especially especially behind the quarterback. And they practice, and they film all that, and the starter gets absolutely the majority of the snaps, and then they take those snaps because they got it in the film, and they take the backup quarterbacks, put them in VR glasses, and all right, go, all right, now do your thing. What would you do? Ready, set, hype, right? And they'd turn around, and they'd look, and they'd see – you know, somebody coming this way or somebody coming that way, and they would do. And they call them virtual reps. And literally, they've got the goggles on, the whole works. And that's how they did that. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great idea. Um, and there goes my chair again. <laughs> um, but it's... Other than that, I have no idea, and there's no confirmation they did it last year. I've been told they have, but we'll see. Damn chair. Anybody uh, yeah. watching this have a chair piston go out? Because that's what's going out. It's probably the seal. I can replace it, I know, but it's a pain in the ass. Might have to put a couple of books underneath one of the uh, one of the uh, things in your. <laughs> Andrew was talking about the the GM carry his own talent scouts with him, or do some stay within the organization, which I think is a very good question, uh, and then one that I don't have an answer to. Dave, I, uh, I would think that good, good. All right. Normally, how when a new GM comes in, the talent scouts, the majority of them stay. Um, their contracts go through the draft. So um, they'll stay. They'll work this draft. The the scouting. The majority of the scouting department right now is Spielman's scouting department. Um, Quasi will make changes after the draft. They're not going to make them right now because they've already they've been in the process since you know football season last year. So they're going to keep those and then they will um, change. Blame the sound on the chair, Dave. Yes, Aaron. Is there if if there's anything wrong with the sound? Let me know because I would I want to fix that. Um, that's generally the way it goes. And then after that, this draft, you'll see a bunch of the office change. He'll organize it the way he wishes, and he'll bring in people that he wants. Speaking of which, in the press conference and scouting. Did you notice the remark by Scott Steadwell? This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void where prohibited. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. <laughs> well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, you know, Kevin made that, uh, during hey, the press conference. Yeah, Kevin made, you know, he's glad he was there. But afterwards, Scott Studwell was asked, you know, and it pointed to that Scott Studwell was driven out because or couldn't stand it uh, because of the friction between the previous regime. One of those two men, we don't know which one, pissed him off enough to say, fucking, I'm retiring. Hmm. In my opinion, that's that's what I get from what he said. Yeah, well, uh, Studwell was uh, O'Connell was saying, that he, yeah, he wanted to get him, try to get him back into the uh, into the uh, Egan as much as possible, uh, and uh, that he thought uh, he wouldn't mind having him out there tackling a few people. But uh, Studwell was uh, not having any of that uh, <laughs> that I'm I'm going to be tackling anybody thing. But maybe he does have something back about going back in a in a scouting. Uh, a scouting role for the, for the Vikings. Although when he when he retired, he said, "You know, I've been on the road a lot and, and he family, etc., etc." Et yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, if it's uh, but but there's if it's there's bring a, you in a, and watch tape, you know, yeah, maybe that's so. a whole different thing. Um, Bill that's King just said the Vikings hired Gerard Johnson as offensive assistant. I do not know anything about him. Um, well, he was uh, he was earlier in the week, like he was like going to be the assistant quarterback coach or the quarterback coach, I believe. Uh, well, <laughs> that, uh, his his name got thrown around quite a bit. Um, I put out uh, on Wednesday's show a list of the known coach signings, and on there we had. Let's see, I'm looking at my computer because I had a picture of the dude. Um. Our new QB's coach, and it's not in the show prep, um, and I called him Coffee Boy because he looked like a coffee boy. Um, and uh, he's our new quarterback's coach. And let me scroll down, scroll, scroll, scroll. There he is. Uh, Chris O'Hare is our quarterback's right, yeah, yeah. coach. But Johnson is uh, below him. And who was the lead on OC? Well, uh, Dave was uh, talking about that a little bit earlier. I is have it Wade Phillips' boy, or is it? Well, Brown? and I've heard. Uh, I have literally heard Wade Phillips. I've heard uh, another guy, and I wish I had it all prepped, but I do not have it all prepped. Sorry, folks, because I didn't plan on going into the OCs today. However, as long as it as long as it isn't Lou Diamond Phillips, no. However, this guy was interviewed this morning, Chris Beatty, for Ian Rappaport. Um, Chris Beatty, uh, for the Chargers, I want to say was the wide receivers coach. That's what it says in the tweet. Mm -hmm. So. Interesting how McCardell would feel about that. Mm-hmm. Um, as he's a pretty good wide receivers coach, and luckily they retained him. But uh, I don't know if maybe he doesn't want to be the OC. Not sure. Now looking at Beatty, he was he's had coaching stints in college, and he's also been a running backs coach. So he's got a, a wider spread than just receivers. And yeah. 
For OC and DC, you do have to comply with the Rooney rule. You have to have at least one coach of uh, minority coach in the hiring. The Vikings have like four or five already. So they've, they've accomplished that if that's just the reason. There has to be some reason, you know, they have to like that say, I want this guy. And it may be that the other guys aren't available that we're hearing. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. You know, people change their minds on certain things. That's right. Like D'Amico Ryans. Mm-hmm. Or whether he changed his mind or he just saw the writing on the wall, I'm not sure. But uh, it's been a little bit of both. Well, he said, hey, if um, he was the one that said, if Harbaugh's coming, I'm not even bothering. And then <laughs> that may have been a mistake. Yeah. Um, our next topic you wanted to get into was the tight ends. We have been, as people who watch this show on a regular basis, like GMAC and Aaron and all the good people who are showing up regularly here. Again, thank you very much for doing that. We've been uh, doing our positional, looking at the Vikings positions. We've gone through all of the defensive uh, positions. And last week we got to the offense and started with the offensive line, which Dave got very juiced about uh, tight ends. There is also a favorite position of for mine. Dave. It's one I played. Uh, yes, indeed. So we're getting at that and looking at where the Vikings sit at tight end now and what they might do in the next couple of months. And we've got number 84, not Randy Moss, but the new 84 Irv Smith jr. Up there because 2022, the Vikings tight end, situation is all about Irv Smith Jr. He, he last 2021 was supposed to be Irv's breakout year, but right. then knee, knee injury on a play that didn't look like anything really out for the year. And we're like, geez, what are we going to do now? He was supposed to be the breakout, one of the key cogs in the offense. He's gone. Tyler Conklin stepped in obviously and did a, a hell of a job last year for us. Right. Um, but Irv Smith is a guy, 2022 is his breakout year once again. Uh, the Rams, even though they run a lot of 11 personnel and don't have the two tight ends all that much, but uh, Tyler Higby last year under o- O'Connell's offense the last two years, the tight ends for the Rams have, you know, they've, they've, been, they've been getting used. They've been eating. 61 catches for Tyler Higby last, uh, you know, this past season. Last year, Higby and Gerald Everett combined for, I think, almost 90 catches and almost 1,000 yards between them. So the tight ends under O'Connell the last two years uh, are used and their weapons in the offensive system that, O'Connell is going to bring to Minnesota. That's got to be. So for Irv Smith Jr., we know he's got the talent. We know he's a great athlete. We've been, we've just been wondering like, when is he going to get used to, uh, used his to maximum the, the extent. His, mm-hmm. his maximum extent. Under O'Connell, there's no doubt he's going to be the number one guy. And why is, we're going to get into in a second. But uh, this is a year where 60, 55, 60 catches for Irv Smith, I believe is completely in play especially if somebody like Adam Thielen is not back for the Vikings. Um, You know, Irv Smith is going to enjoy playing in this offensive system, and I think he's poised for a big year and good for him because next year is a contract year. (laughs) You know, after, I think, 2022, he's set to, you know, sign a new deal. 
And, and that is correct. And I've got all those numbers handy. Um, but yes, he has one more year on the contract. Unlike Tyler Conklin, who is a free agent, Drew asked if we lose him, uh, are we going to lose Conklin? But figuring Absolutely. he wants to get paid, I expect he's going to go get starter money someplace else. Do I want him to? No, I'd love to have him as tight end number two. Uh, without a doubt, I would. But I think he's he's going to do right for him, and he's going to get paid somewhere. There's plenty of teams that Absolutely. can use a starter quality uh, tight end. Yeah, absolutely. Conklin said had a hell of a year last year. Uh, stepped in and did everything that we could have expected of him to do, and because of that, he is going to get rewarded this off season, but not with the Vikings. When you look at the Vikings and their salary cap situation, yes, the Vikings are going to address that, and they are not going to be in salary cap hell by the time the league season starts in in a month. Uh, they'll rectify that, like Rob Brzezinski always does. And we'll have cash to spend on things. But I don't think when you've got Irv Smith, who can do everything that that Conklin can do, only probably better. uh, And maybe not blocking so much. PFF grade-wise, overall, offense, Irv Smith in 2020 had a 70.0. Tyler had a 66.7 and was 25th of 70 tight ends with uh, sufficient enough snaps. If you want to look at Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett, Tyler Higby was 19th of 70 this year with a 69.1. And Gerald Everett back in 2020 or 2021 was 35th with 63.5. But when he was on the Rams, it was uh, 61.3. So they've, they're all about the same. Once you get in the 70 range in PFF, you're good, without a doubt. A 60 to 70, you're you're an okay player. You're at, you're at least average or above average. 70, you start to get good. And uh, we know that our guys are good. We look forward to that. Now, can we bring Conklin back to be you know two good tight ends? I doubt it. But he's just. Conklin knows that has proved, proved last year, at least to himself, I think, and that he's a number one tight end for somebody in the NFL. He is not going to come back to the Minnesota uh, and be the second tight end behind Irv Smith or one one B to Irv Smith one A. And also, he is not going to come back to Minnesota for that role, and also for the amount of money that the Vikings would be willing to pay him. Pay him. Uh, that's the big. It just thing. doesn't make sense. And if you look at the at the free agent tight ends right now, David, uh, the top four per, as far as pass catching and yardage last year were it was um, Dalton Schultz, Mike Gesicki, Gronk, and Tyler Conklin. Well, Schultz, I guarantee he'll be resigning with the Cowboys, uh, and. Gronkowski probably will he retire? May retire. In which okay. case, those two two guys are oh yeah, those two guys are off the market, and you're left with Gasecki and Conklin as your top two tight ends uh, in there. And there's there's just going to be a market for Tyler Conklin. Yeah, and they're going to be paid. I've heard anywhere from you know eight, nine, ten million dollars. And we season. ain't we ain't paying that for a number two tight end. Tight end. And so he would, he's and- gone. And it would be, 
I mean, if you were him, you want to set up your family for life, you go for that sort of payday. It's yeah. You know, he's yeah. you sign he's a contract for three or four yet. years and hey, you're good. And then maybe, you know, later on you can say, hey, I'll take a discount and come back to the Vikings. But right now, you got to go get paid. And he knows he's going to be behind Irv Smith. So just makes no sense to come back to Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, this is his one shot to get the big money or as big a money as he could possibly get. And he's going to take it. And there's going to be teams that will be willing to pay him that in the NFL. Uh, So the Vikings, they've got Irv Smith, and they don't have much after that. Uh, really, um, Luke Stalker, they signed him after Ellison, Ben Ellison went on IR. Um, Chris Herndon, terrible. Uh, waste of, what a waste roster space that guy was. What a waste but, of a draft pick. That was a yeah, fourth round. Yeah. Fourth rounder, yeah. No, unbelievable. But, but anyway, uh, he won't be back. Stalker won't be back because you can get a guy like Stalker anywhere. I don't know about Ellefson. You know, he's a Minnesota boy. He'd only well, Ellefson's on season. the roster. He's on yeah. the roster. And why isn't he, he there? I know I did one of them. Ah, never finished it. I did a picture of Ellefson, but he didn't make the, the show. Um, now, for numbers on those guys, Ellefson, PFF rank of 40.3. Not good. I thought he was better than that. He showed promise. He's from North Dakota State, obviously, local boy. Uh, there's room for improvement. He is on the roster still. He had a contract through 2022. Um, you have Luke Stalker, who is an uns- uh Luke Stalker's 34 years old, by the way, <laughs> which blew my mind. Not the, not the future. No. He's an unrestricted free agent. He had a score of 46.0 on PFF. Zach Davidson, um, who's 24 and the youngest of the group, um, he didn't have any uh, PFF score because he you? didn't play any stats. That's right. Hard, hard to give a guy a score when he doesn't make the team and doesn't play. Right. I love his uh, number, though. Oh yeah, I, I think the so the Vikings uh, after they lose Conklin and besides Irv Smith, Davidson we've got him up there. Um, he could potentially maybe can pull a KJ Osborne and really develop in this off season and become a guy who can who can be part of the mix and be somebody who can supplement uh, Irv Smith as a, as a passer. He's six seven. He's listed at two hundred fifty one pounds. I'm not sure where those two hundred fifty pounds are because <laughs> he looked pretty thin to me last year in, in the preseason. Yeah, six as, seven. If you watch, yeah. Well, yeah. I guess so. At, at some point, yeah, the pounds are there if you're that big, you're that tall. But uh, his, you know, he he was very he looked very unimpressive thin. in the preseason. Uh, had trouble catching the ball. That's why he got cut. But he's had a year to develop on the practice squad. Maybe he's a he's a guy who who's like I said can do a KJ Osborne and can really improve in the second year. But like we've said before, we have no idea what Quasi Adolfo Mensa or Kevin O'Connell and his his staff think about most of these players. They may have with the Rams. O'Connell may have scouted uh, Davidson and said that guy's terrible. I would never draft him. So he might not be part of the, the well, deal. And I I, I, I think wrote- that. 
I wrote this in the show's description that uh, there's a lot of things to be done real quick. And part of that, and Kevin mentioned it in the press conference or shortly afterwards, he's got to evaluate players. Now, I'm sure he's Mm -hmm. evaluated quite a few of them himself in preparation for the job. But they have to sit down as a staff and evaluate all their players to see where they're going. And considering that the combine is two weeks away, less than two weeks away, it's March 1st, um, they've got to have all their duckies in a row because they've got to go to the combine, look what they're looking for there, and all the while be looking at the free agent market and getting that ready. As we've discussed on Mock Draft Mondays here on CTP, tight end may very well be one of those higher picks, round two, round three-ish really? type picks that the Vikings go after, looking for that tight end two that's cheap but good and going from there. And the tight end uh, draft class is decent. Uh, according to um, Tyler Fornis. So we may see that. We're discussing it here today, and we can see, yeah, we got Irv Smith Jr. And then big follow-up. Yeah. So. But I really think that the, the, the Vikings are going to do, uh, you know, they'll get some of the draft by calling sort of the – the later part of free agency, they'll pick one of there's all kinds of tight ends who are under first restricted free agents set to be. And a lot of them aren't very impressive names, but if you're looking for like a blocking body or, or that sort of thing, you can right. get guys at a very reasonable price. One of those guys like Johnny Munt uh, was on the IR last year. He's a former Ram. Again, I'm, I'm kind of looking at free agents who have Ram ties. He's a guy that wouldn't cost you anything. He, doesn't catch the ball very much, but he could be like a, a, a camp body or somebody that would be your third tight end. Um, David Najoku from the Cleveland Browns, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa would know him very well. Former uh, high first round pick, I believe he's an unrestricted free agents. Now would he come to Minnesota with Irv Smith being there? And you know, I don't know, but again, he's got, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa knows him very well for his time in Cleveland. So keep an eye on Najoku. And then in the draft, I agree that I think the Vikings would draft one, but uh, I was kind of looking on like the, 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 third I think day. they have three, the third day, I think they have three six rounders or something like that. Yeah. And that may uh, be kinda, the perfect spot. I think that's the kind of the spot uh, where they would probably, where I think they would target a guy, a rookie who could come in. Uh, Davidson last year was, I think he was a fifth rounder, but, but there, if you look at a lot of the top pass catching tight ends, they don't, always and a lot of times many of them don't come from like the first or second round kelsey's was a third rounder kittle's a fourth rounder uh, and, yeah. on, and on and on and on you can can go darren waller you can look at it yeah yeah sure you got your kyle your kyle pittis guy pitts guys and 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 your tj hawkinson's but a lot of top um, tight ends are not picked on the first or even the second day of the draft right so unless you've got that you guy can, from atlanta um, yeah that's right and I think so. I think you can you can find good value. You can find good players on the third day at that position, and that's and why they, I've they never very been well may. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that the Vikings look to be in the market for a tight end because of yes. what we discussed. There isn't. You have 
Herndon leaving unrestricted free agent, bye. Right? You have Tyler <laughs> yes. Conklin leaving unrestricted free agent. As much as I hate that, he's going to go get paid, and I don't fault him for that one little bit. Um, And then you have Luke Stalker, who's 34 and not worth a damn anyways, bye. So that leaves you with Irv Smith, Ben Ellison, and Zach Davidson. As much as I like Ben Ellison, and his blocking grade is a whole lot better than his uh, receiving grade, and that's that's the type of tight end he would be. He'd be the blocking type. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. It's there's not a solid. That's not enough depth. Um, you need a tight end one, a tight end two, and you need a three and probably a four. That's not including camp, right? Where you're going to add yeah. a couple more. So. You need to find guys, and I can see that where it's going to be a draft requirement. I don't want to say priority, but a requirement that may come in, especially day three, um, if we haven't seen it by then. Um, No earlier than day two, however. Yeah, and they'll be picking up uh, undrafted rookies as well. They'll certainly get signed one or two of those as well. And uh, sometimes those guys um, pan out for pan you, up. maybe not right away, but, uh, but a few years down the road, but yes, the, the Vikings uh, depth at tight end is, is a, uh, is a uh, lacking. You might say there's not, no, no depth there and they will have to address it both in free agency, not by spending a lot, I would say, but getting veterans that who minimum. you can get cheaply. Yeah. Uh, and also, as you say, in the draft, at some point they are going to draft a young tight end, uh, likely, I think, uh, somebody like a Tyler Conklin who was in the fifth round and who you can work on developing and two or three years down the road, he becomes a significant contributor for for you. Or hopefully in the rookie year, which we, we were talking about a little bit earlier. Now, Kevin O'Connell, from what we've seen so far, loves to play um, three wide receivers, an 11, one running back, one tight end. So... But we need depth. Irv Smith's been injured. He's got a he gets injured too often more than we'd like. So I would uh we need depth and we need good depth. That's where that tight end two comes in. I'm happy with keeping Ellison as a blocking guy. But we're gonna see in the draft and free agency how they deal with that. And Drew was asking who we like, uh, or maybe he was asking everybody who's watching here, like who they liked as far as tight ends. And, and I, I got to admit, I have no idea who the top tight ends are in college football. But uh, I know that the Vikings are going to be, I'm pretty sure the Vikings uh, scouting staff and and front office staff are going to be uh, watching them very closely because, yes, there is a need there. And, a, and I think a pretty significant one. Mm-hmm. So we shall see. Well, indeed, that's it for the three topics that we talked about going into this. Is there any others? Well, I think we've run pretty long anyway, Dave, and other people got to get on with their Saturdays as much yeah, as they can stick around. <laughs> but uh, I, I really right now is that uh, I think. We've got the head coach, most of the coaching staff, GM's in place, and now things get, I think uh, this is now things become 
the roster makeup. Who are we keeping? Who are we bringing in? This is where it, if things weren't interesting enough for you, they're going to get a lot very interesting over the next month as we are a month away from getting into the, the league year, free agency. And uh, I'm just excited and uh, very intrigued to see what the Vikings do with the roster, who they're going to keep, who is on their way out, his cousin sticking around, just all kinds of questions. And we don't really have any answers to those questions at the uh-huh. moment. But we're go- but we're su- we're going to be getting them in the next couple of months. Yes, and we're going to be see- we're we're going to be seeing what the 2022 Minnesota Vikings is going to look like in I wouldn't say short order, but it's coming, folks. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean the draft is first part of April, so mm-hmm. we'll know by then. We'll have the the initial run of free agents, and. Then we hit the draft, and we'll know from there. After the draft, we'll hit the second phase of free agency and third phase. So we should pretty much know by the end of the draft what we're looking like, where we're going. Yep. I expect this week and the next couple days we should probably hear who the new offensive coordinator is going to be, and we'll round out the staff and see how that goes. There will be plenty of content on climbing the pocket. As I mentioned before, we do mock drafts on Mondays. Tyler Fornis comes in. He Not only does he work for climbing the pocket, he works for NBC Edge. And as their draft guy, he's a regular over on Score North, and he also works for USA Today's Vikings Wire. He is very much a draft guy. We got more draft people in the group that come in. As we build up to the draft in our three days of live coverage there, we're going to be looking at this stuff. That's great. We'll also discuss new coach hirings because the staff comes together. And then we'll be monitoring what goes on as they start evaluating everything, getting ready for free agency in the draft. Hopefully Dave's chair will be fixed by then too. I doubt it, but I'll deal with it somehow. There's ways to I, I watch YouTube videos on from changing the piston to sticking in a three inch pipe in there to say screw it because I keep it at the highest settings because I am semi tall I'm six feet and I like the chair set at the highest settings. Um, we'll find something either that or I'll switch chairs. This wasn't the most <laughs> comfortable chair in the first place. Right, could be gas. Um, GMAC, yes, everybody have a good day. I want to thank everybody for watching and joining in with the conversation. And if we miss mentioning you, I apologize. Uh, we have, what is it, Steve from Australia? Buddy, you got good beer down there too? And I'm not talking about Foster's. So, speaking of good beer, you're up there in Canada. They know how to grow some, brew some good beer. Besides Molson and oh yeah, bats. Don't drink that regular garbage. Yes, same as everywhere. There's lots of great brew pubs, uh-huh. microbreweries, and every nook and cranny all over the country. Uh-huh. Let's assume you can get to them with all the trucker convoys. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes, Tyson. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway. We'll get in uh, our running back group sometime in the near future. Could be next week. Maybe. We'll see. Haven't decided. 
Hey, final words? Just, again, we've we've got the head coach selected, GM selected, coaching staff's coming through, um, ready to get going with the 2022 Minnesota Vikings and what the roster's going to look like. Looking forward to the next month and next two months. And, yeah, skull, baby. That's what we're ready to roll. Skull Vikings. Skull Vikings. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.